I thought about leaving my mask on just in case on how this went. You at least wouldn't get a good look at my face, but uh, but we're going on. We're going on. Welcome. Uh, good morning. It's a pleasure for me to be here. It's good to see some folks I haven't seen for a while, and um, uh, we uh, uh, are so grateful, my wife and I, Dana, to be able to come and share um, share the Word of God with you and to fellowship with you. Um, we are united in the, by the bond of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're the only group in the world. We are a new kind of people. We're the only group in the world that can say that, that we are united in spirit with all those who are believers in Jesus Christ and, uh, all over the world, all over the country. And, uh, and, uh, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, so before I get on, I'd like to pray if you would uh, pray with me. Father, we ask you um, that uh, uh, you are here with us. I pray that you would uh, open up um, our ears and uh, open up uh, uh, our hearts to receive from you, from your word, and that I would just be uh, a mouth and and, uh, to convey what you want to convey. Um, Jesus, thank you for... um, ridding uh, all of that that stood between us and the Father, um, our sin, and uh, the uh, principalities and powers which you defeated. And uh, we uh, say in Jesus' name today that they are bound and broken. And I pray that uh, everything would be removed today that would hinder me um, and hinder us hearing what you want to say, Holy Spirit, to the church. Give us ears to hear what you want to say uh, us to hear today, and I ask this in the name of Jesus, amen. Um, if you take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, it's just a short passage, uh, starting with verse uh, uh, 15, going through verse 20, verses 15 through 20, I think, my lettering is so little that I'm not really sure. There we go. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, how should we then live? That was a title of a book that I heard uh, years ago when I first started. I uh, heard about a campus ministry in St. Joe, and this is years ago. And it was written by a uh, philosopher by the name of Francis Schaeffer. And... Um, and uh, also co-written by the then uh, Surgeon General uh, C. Everett Koop, and uh, so it was. Uh, it was a, a talk of his and a uh, a book of his, but a question that he was asking then in the late 1970s, um, maybe early 19, maybe early 80s. I'm not sure, but uh, how should we then live? It's a question that everybody has asked through history, how should we then live in the times that we're living? It's a good question. And if you look at Paul's letters, which Ephesians, uh, I know there's some some doubt, but uh, I believe that Paul wrote it. Uh, but if you look at all of his letters, he kind of asks that question. He starts off the first part of his letters generally and uh sets the theological basis for what he wants to say 
on how to answer that question. So he'll say, well, this is true. This is what God has done. This is what through Jesus Christ. And this is how he has made things right with himself, right with us, right with inside of us. And then Paul never says this, but he goes into the practicality. But basically, he's asking the question, how should we then live? And so um, if this is nothing new, that's okay. I've got scriptural precedent from the Apostle Peter who says that I don't mind repeating myself because um, that's for your benefit and for mine. I'll go ahead and say the same thing. So uh, we all need repeating because we are a very forgetful people. And um, as history has shown, uh, that the church has a lot of times forgotten the teachings of Jesus Christ. Um, so I'm going to read this passage uh, straight through and then just kind of pick out some things on uh, how I was dealing with. Uh, at one point in time, I had three or four passages of Scripture. <laughs> I couldn't decide. So I was really praying. And uh, this is where one I felt God uh, had me light on. So starting with verse 15 in Ephesians chapter 5. And um, it's, it, it picks up in this, mystery, this, uh, this question, how should we then live? So be careful how you live. Don't be like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's a short passage. Boy, there's a lot of stuff there, uh, just as Paul does tend to pack a lot of things in a short amount of space. But uh, I want to I want to talk about in this time of of uh, time of COVID, uh, time of um, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, a time of uh, riots and uh, time of protests. Um, I feel like I've been transported back to the late '60s uh, and early '70s all of a sudden. And uh, but to answer this question in from this passage of scripture. How should we, as followers of Jesus Christ, then live in this moment? And that's the question that we always have to think. I mean, we always, we are a church that looks back and say we want to be a New Testament Christian church. And that's true. And that's where, that's where we should be looking at. But we always have to live and learn how to live in the moment where God has placed us in our time and space. Remember when uh, uh, Esther's uncle asked her and to or told her, said, uh, perhaps God has raised you up for such a time as this. This is the time you have, Esther. You cannot push it aside. And so um, I want to look at that first part. So be careful how you live and don't be fools, but act like those or live like those who are wise. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a great fan. Uh, Jared uh, talked about uh, uh, this, this Iron Man group uh, uh, that meets here. Uh, or in, in, uh, where does it meet at? Does it meet here? 
their, their churches. But Tony uh, Fringe was preaching, and I meet with Tony with a bunch of other guys in on Tuesday nights there in Highland. And uh, we, uh, we are great fans of a, a guy named John Eldridge, a uh, man who wrote Wild at Heart uh, probably about 20 years ago, but has uh, continued to write. And at one point in time, he and his wife got to a point just in the last year, and this is pretty amazing how God, li- and, and if we don't learn anything at all, we know that God is always ahead of the game. God is always ahead of the game. God is never worried. He's never taken by surprise. God never says, what? I just didn't see that coming. He never says that. But he and his wife were were um, talking, and they'd been in ministry for several years. Both of them, had, you know, doing co- uh, conferences and uh, uh, a web, a podcast, and writing books. And um, they got down and said, you know, we think we're done. We think we're done with this. You know, we're just tired. We think we're going to quit. And um, so a law, it's a long story on how he decided not to, but he decided to write a book, and I wanted to get the title right. He decided to end up, he ended up writing a book when he thought he was going to quit called Get Your Life Back with the subtitle. Now, this, this is last year. This is before any of this happened, before he knew any of this happened. Get your life back. Daily practices in a world gone mad. Daily practices in a world gone mad. And he wrote that before he saw any of this coming. But God saw it coming. God saw it coming, and now it's a, it's a you know, bestseller. But he writes in there, and, and Paul says, be careful how you live. And he talks about how to live how to live in a way that's healthy. Be careful how you live. Don't act like fools, but act like those who are wise. So the first thing to do is to go to somebody who's wise, I think. We need to go in this day and age, and I'm going to refer to it, and I'm guilty of it too. We get, we get our information and our, and, uh, and if we can find somebody wise on Facebook, we'll find them. Um, but, uh, but we need to go to those who are wise. That's how to live wise. That's how to live wise and not to live foolish. And the Bible has a lot of things to say about living foolishly and about living wise. But in this book, um, John Eldridge talks about practices that everybody can engage in to help them live carefully and healthily. He mentions a book uh, written, uh, and it's uh, called The Shallows. The book's called The Shallows, and the subtitle is What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. And the author of the of that book says that we can no longer, we are losing the ability. I've always lost this ability. I, I'm, I'm way ahead of the game to focus. <laughs> That's me. Uh, but uh, uh, that was before internet came on, so I'm way I'm way ahead. Um, but we're losing the ability to be able to focus and to pay attention. And Eldridge talks about how long it's been since he sat down and read a book. We are in we are in the time of if uh, someone posts something and I do this too. What do we do? We don't we usually say we don't usually say, man, that was great what you posted. 
congratulations or I'm just glad that you shared that. We hit like, bonk. Or love if we're really into it, bonk, you know, or we'll hit the laughing face, you know, or thumbs up. And he says in his book, he says, man, we can't even say thank you. Or we now we've got in our email three options. Thanks, got it, or maybe more than one, maybe more than one option, you know. But he said we're losing the 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 ability to to focus and to pay attention and to to read to carry on conversations. Uh, you know, all we have to do is press a button. So he mentions things, and, and these aren't these are his things. So I'm just going to throw some out of them. One of them is how do we live wisely? How do we not live like fools? How should we then live? Well, we need time during the day to stop and take a pause. And I think it's kind of funny. We can use things for good, or we can think, use good things for the Lord. Um, I know that missionaries, went, when the internet came out, were loving that because they could connect with people right away. And that was a good thing. See, we can we can consecrate things to the Lord, or we can use them for uh, ways that are not helpful. And, um, and so John Elder just put a thing on the, on the, uh, on the internet on the, called uh, the pause. You can actually do the pause on your phone, which that's a good way to do it. But whether you do or not is that sometime in our day, we need to take a time of, uh, and this is how to, to, to live and to not live foolishly because we are bombarded by information, information, information. We are bombarded um, uh, immediately by anything that happens. They're talking about kids seeing um, the uh, uh, on internet. You can just Google it. You can find it. You can just pull it up on YouTube, whatever, of the uh, two towers being destroyed in, in uh, um at 9-11 and that kids today watching that can experience a traumatic experience what is it 19 years ago now yeah 19 years ago they can they can be traumatized they can even have a form of a ptsd uh, by by that they, because they watch it and they'll watch it over and over and over again and so there needs to be a time in our day that we stop and pause and just give everything to God. I give my life to God. I give this person to God. I give this situation to God. I give whatever's going on in the world. I give it to you, God. I let you have it. Sometime in the day, and he talks about the minute pause, but there's a three-minute one, five-minute one, and there's a ten-minute one, which, uh, you know, you can ask for, you know, you talk about guidance or inner healing or worship. But to live careful, be careful how you live. Do not be so immersed in the information that is coming your way, that is overloading our brains, that we don't take time to set aside 
to be quiet with the Lord and give those things to him, which leads him to another thing he calls benevolent detachment, to learn how to detach ourselves benevolently. Don't answer every email that comes. Don't answer that, bong, bong, you know. Have you ever one, have been tempted while you're trying to pray and when that goes off and you think, well, I wonder who that is. <laughs> you know, and God's going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't you, sp- it'll be there. It'll be there. But, you know, we, we have to, we get the, we got dozens of emails, we get dozens of posts and, and we just, I, I want, you know, how many friends can I get? And we just, we go there. We need to detach for our own health so that we're not living foolishly. Another one real quickly is beauty. Get out into nature. They talk about how your uh, blood pressure can lower just by sitting beside a flowing stream or by water of any kind. Just by water of any kind. Now, the water in our alley where I grew up, maybe not so much. (laughs) Maybe not so much. A little too much uh, mosquito infested. But to get out, maybe to back if you have a deck or just sit on your front porch. Uh, I even I remember growing up as a kid is when I needed to get away. Uh, when I uh, as as a teenager, I'd go out on the front porch. I'd take my guitar there and I'd sit and I would just play. Of course, I didn't have the internet to go to at that time. I had a lot less distractions, but that's what I did. So. The first thing is how should we then live is a way that helps us separate ourselves from the information, from the things that we're continually bombarded with. Years ago, an author by the name of Alvin Toffler wrote a book called Future Shock, that we would have information bombarding us that we were not able to process. And I don't think he even saw the Internet coming. I mean, I know he was what's called a futurist, but I don't think he, he saw how much and how quickly we are bombarded. And if we do not separate ourselves, we will live foolishly because we'll get all caught up. We'll get worried. We'll get concerned. Um, you know, uh, we'll have so many thoughts in our heads that we can no longer concentrate on how God wants us to answer the question, how should we then live? He goes on to say, make the most of uh, the time. Uh, This version says, make every opportunity in these evil days. Boy, and that's true, isn't it? These these are, at the time, can be evil days. We're dealing with a a virus. We're dealing with, with, uh, uh, we're dealing with a lot of hate. Um, uh, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote a, uh, just a blurb for some friends of mine. It says that, uh, that there is, there is a sea, there are, there are rivers of anger that are flowing into a river of hate. And I said, beware, brothers and sisters, that you don't get swept into it. There is so much anger out there. And there is anger with Christians, not necessarily between other Christians, but sometimes there are. Again, it goes back to how fast, 
you know, we want to dialogue on the, we don't really want to dialogue. Actually, we just want to post something on Facebook and then this angers this person, that person fires back, this person fires back. We get this information. Facebook, uh, uh, censors it because, oh, nope, that's not accurate. And then on and on and on and on and on. And we're losing our opportunity to bring Christ into the world. If we got to use Facebook, well, then let's use it for the glory of the Lord. Let's use it for the glory of the Lord and put things up there and, uh, and, and, and be people, uh, that as, as Peter says in, in his letter, during a time of suffering, when everybody, anybody says, set aside Christ as Lord in your heart, so that when anybody asks you for the reason of your hope, you can tell them. Well, what was the reason for their hope then? Well, they were suffering. But they were suffering and, 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 and holding it and, and, and responding to it in such a way that it caused people to come up to it and ask them, where do you get this hope? And then you answer. Man, have you ever had somebody just come up? Now, I haven't had it enough, shame to say, but I have had somebody actually come up and ask that in that way, and it almost takes you back. But see, if, if, if we are taken up, if, if we have not learned to live wisely, if we have not learned, I'm not saying, listen, you know, there was a time when people say, hey, I'm just going to get rid of my TV. Well, that's an individual choice. There's a time that some people say, I'm just off of Facebook. I have a friend that the only way he communicates is, is through a messenger. He doesn't do any Facebook. That's fine. That's fine. But if we are going to use it, let's use it wisely and use this for an opportunity and use this time. See, we're waiting for this time sometimes I feel like to be over. To be over, and then we can get back to our life. Well, Christians down through the ages, it never was over. It just was new. It was just was different. And so we make make the opportunity of the time. And there's two words for time. There's kairos and chronos, and there's kind of both here because. He uses the word day, the days of evil. And it could be used in the time, but the days are evil. Each day can be evil. We, we hear things. We hear, you know, we heard of, uh, of that uh, excruciating uh, video of seeing George Floyd killed. And so we see that. And then that's, that's you know, we see it over and over and over again. And so the days are evil. But there's also the time of Kairos, and the Kairos is an opportunity time. It's the time to do something. The time is now. Have any of you, uh, and I all, uh, I'll, I'm going to be kind of stuck if, I'll, uh, if you haven't, any of you see any of the Marvel movies, the heroes, uh, any, of the, any of that? J- J- Mandana? And, okay. Well, the last two, the last two are, are kind of a, they go together, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. 
And, of course, if you've read comic books, you know that Marvel has all these heroes, you know, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, uh, and, and on and on and on. And they, and they fight this character named Thanos. And in, the, in Infinity War, he was able to get these, these – uh, Thanos is actually uh, – and, and, see, see I, I'm way ahead of this. Uh, I'm way ahead of this not being able to pay attention. <laughs> Movies. I don't. If sometimes they can be offensive, and they don't always have Christian values. But movies are today's parables. Jesus looked around him, and he and he would see things. He was a storyteller primarily. We always go to the the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount really is his sermon. But mainly he's a storyteller, and he looks at the harvest. He looked at everything that was common to the people at that time, and he talked about the kingdom of God. And listen, if we look at the movies today, we'll find something. And we have this Satan figure, death figure, actually, because I think the word Thanos is, a, is a, either a Latin or Greek word for death. He is able to get these... Uh, these, uh, uh, what are they called anyway? Infinity rings. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Infinity rings. And if he gets it, he feels like there's too many people in the world. It's caught in the universe. So I'm going to give away the movie. He, uh, he snaps his fingers before all these heroes can stop him and, uh, gets rid of about half of the people in the universe, including some of the heroes. Well, it goes into Endgame. You know it's not going to end there. They go to Endgame, and uh, there's this character, not one of my favorite ones, but he's kind of unique. His name's Doctor Strange, and I remember reading his comics. And he's able to go through all these dimensions and times and everything, and he's able to see the outcome, every outcome that is possible, every outcome that is possible. And he has come up with, out of millions and millions and millions and millions of outcomes, there's only one by which all these Marvel superheroes can defeat this guy. There's only one. And so it comes. And it's between Thanos and Iron Man. And, and I won't tell you what, what it is, but he understands what it is because Doctor Strange goes like this. Here's your time. This is it. This is it. We had one of those in 9-11 where people came back into droves to the churches. But then we got back and we kind of lost our way and, and, and people, you know, we, we kind of lost that opportunity. We have an opportunity right now and maybe... Maybe at one point in time for each of us, it's that, it's that one opportunity. How should we then live? Well, wisely. Ordering our life to where we bring quiet and beauty and silence and surrender to God into it. How should we then live? Well, we take the most of the opportunities to share the gospel, to share the good news, not to share what party is right over this party is wrong. Uh, those are fruit, those are really fruitless, especially on Facebook. It is fruitless. We have been given a message. We have been given a message. Second Corinthians 
chapter 5, in that passage there, we are been commissioned as ministers of reconciliation. We respond to people, everybody has died to Christ. Everybody has died to Christ. That's what he says. So we no longer uh, look at people or regard people according to the way that we used to. That's what Paul is saying there. It says that every person that we come in contact that has ever lived has been put up on the cross and has a chance for reconciliation. That's our message. That's how to take the most of opportunity, not to convince somebody to our way of, of, of whether, uh, this organization is handling, um, uh, systemic racism, right or wrong. And, and especially if we get into a fight. Now, if we can dialogue, we, can we dialogue with the, through the fruit of the Spirit? Can we dialogue through the fruit of the Spirit? So let's make the most of the opportunities in the days that we have, the Kronos and the Kairos, because they usually happen together. What's tomorrow? What's today going to bring? What's the next hour going to bring? Today I go, I go to the hospital. I work as a, as a chaplain at Mosaic. And uh, I never know what's going to happen that day. I have no control over that day. It could be an easy day. It could be a really terrible day for some people. But um, uh, I don't know. But I know that it's not wasted. It, it, any day that I'm at the hospital, I'm not wasted because I'm inter- interacting with people who are in a crisis situation. And I've given the, been given the privilege to, to bring Christ in that. But we all have been given the privilege. Doesn't matter what we do. What's my opportunity? Do I want to talk about uh, politics? That's okay. Or can I get it to where I'm taking advantage to um, talk about the kingdom of God? The kingdom. We, we, we have a... We have a uh, we have a political system called Kingdom of God. And the end game is bringing people into that kingdom. And when it's all said and done, everything will disappear except for the kingdom. Except for the kingdom. Paul goes on to say, don't be drunk with wine so that because uh, that will cause ruin in your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's an issue of control. That's an issue of control. It's not just talking about wine. That's just what Paul picks out. Don't be drunk with wine. Apparently, maybe there were some people that was an issue. And that is an issue with a lot of people. He's not talking about just wine. He's talking about control. What's controlling you? What controls your thoughts and your minds and my thoughts and my mind? What? And then, what... um, Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, what controls my thoughts, then what controls my words, and then that will control my actions, and then what I do, knock it right off. You know, I should have used that other one. <laughs> well, I'll talk loud. Oh, we okay? Okay. Um, it's an issue of control. What is controlling? 
How should we then live? Under the control of the Holy Spirit. Now we can kind of discern what's controlling us by the amount of time we spend in the presence of God and in the presence of doing other things. And I hate, I hate to, I hate to just kind of, I mean, because I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but there's things you can do. You know, one thing you can do as you go through your timeline, make it a prayer list. Make it a prayer list. Sometimes there's people I know that have asked for prayer. Sometimes there's events and situations going on in the world that need prayer. Sometimes there's people, you can tell by the response, that don't know Jesus. They know Jesus. They need to know Jesus. But you have to watch yourself because Satan's going to say, come along and say, kind of divert your, uh, divert your attention. So you need to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. So if if we've got these things, again, we live in the time we live in, and we can't help it. We live in that time, but we can take control of it. First of all, we can live under the control of the Spirit, under His fruit, His patience, His kindness, His goodness, love and gentleness. What is controlling us? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it the opinions and the anger that's in the world and the frustration that's in the Is it the fear that's in the world? I am of the opinion, I am of the opinion, and I, I, I am I'm, I'm around death a lot. I'm around death a lot. And it's caused me to think, you know, how do I want to die? You know, and I, there's a lot of ways I don't want to die. Um, I want to go out some way cool, you know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, hanging around those guys in Highland, maybe that's the way to go out. I don't know. Ride one, ride, go riding with them on their bike. I don't know. But, uh, but we as followers of Christ, I, I, I don't think that we should be swept up into fear. And you can disagree with me, but I think that's an act of disobedience. An act of disobedience. How many times in the Bible does it say, fear not? I think I've read, what, what, 600 times? It's a lot. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. You have, because why? Again, Paul says, that's not even the spirit that you've been given. You have not been given a spirit of fear but of love, uh, discipline, and a sound mind. Probably mixing up my versions there, but you, know, you get the point. Don't live under control of what everybody is, everybody is, you know, is, is fearful, is angry, is hateful, is uh, frustrated, you know, and, 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 and part of our humanness is going to, to go towards that, but we have been transformed. We have been transformed and we just need to renew our mind. We need to remember we're free people. We need to remember we are little Jesuses. And we should not fear, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, worship. Worship together. Worship by ourselves. Worship is an act of rebellion 
against the principalities and the powers of the world. Because Satan, in his rebellion, wanted the place of God. He wanted worship. So when we worship, it's a slap in his face. That would cause, should cause us to worship all the time. He hates it. And he will retaliate. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? Amen. So how should we then live? Under the control of the Holy Spirit. Giving Him a place in our day. Making the opportunity of our time. Taking opportunity to be a minister of reconciliation as those who are crying out, be reconciled to God. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit and live lives of worship and re, 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 and realize, I just like to keep thinking of it, that when we worship, it's an act of warfare against the powers that our people are under control. We need to set people free, but we need to act like the free people that we are. We have been set free. Let's not let the world system, as Paul says in chapter 12 of Romans, dictate the way that we act. But let us let the kingdom, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, dictate how we're going to live our day, how we're going to live our time, how we're going to live our lives. If you are a brother and sister in Christ, I just pray uh, an invitation to you and to myself is to let him have control and have him take over and, and let us place ourselves under his guidance. Maybe we need repentance. Maybe we need to have an act of repentance in our lives because we have been swept up in the anger and the hate and the uh, judgment or the fear um, maybe we need to do that. If you're not, a, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Today is your Kairos. Today is your Kairos to come to Him. Why wait? Because you do not know the hour of the time when the Son of Man comes back, or we don't even know the hour of the time of our death. We don't know the hour and the time of our opportunities. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, Today is the day of salvation. Take advantage of it.